Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Grayson. It is the Fixer Punk podcast. A couple episodes ago, I was talking a little bit about the Great Resignation and its impacts and its corollaries in terms of uh, political impact and some of the shifts we're seeing in terms of the workplace and the economy. Um, Today I'm going to talk about something called the Great Disconnect, or at least that's what I'm calling it, um, in relation to politics and policy specifically. And um, this is largely coming from my experience as a political communication consultant and former political organization board member. And this is why the policies that people like you um, out there in the public want to support and want to see happen don't wind up happening. Meanwhile, the politicians um, are promising those things and um, saying they're going to do them, but wind up really not doing them or not seeing them as important. And this is kind of specific to the current iteration of the Democratic Party. Um, because the way I see it right now, um, the Republican Party is being rather responsive to what their base actually wants from them. Those that don't like their um, quasi-racist um, Trumpian politics have already departed the party. Um, so they're being responsive to that group of people, albeit for the worse. Um, but the Democrats, on the other hand, are not, with the exception of the more progressive ones, are not being terribly responsive, uh, yet they feel like they're doing the right thing, probably. And this is where this great disconnect comes into play. Basically what it is, is that people who are in, in the political realm and have been around it for a long time tend to believe that people outside the political realm, people like you and me, um, care more about the technical aspects of policy and being good in relation to how political systems are supposed to work than, um, than the average person actually does care about such things. This is what, this is a lot of what happens when you have a Democrat who's talking about the national debt, something that really a lot of people do care about, but on the wrong side of the aisle. Um, not on the Democrat side, but on the Republican side. So it's a, that's a little bit of that. But I'm talking about also more procedural stuff, like I mentioned on my TikTok, which you can find me on TikTok at FixerPunk. Um, the student loan debt cancellation. Um, Joe Biden not going through with that. Thankfully, he sort of reversed course and he delayed payments until May. So there's a little more responsiveness there, which is good. I like to see that. 
but um, people not, don't really care about that. It's Congress that has to do it versus the president versus this party. It has to be done in this particular way. The legislation has to be passed through this way. We cannot overcome the filibuster, stuff like that. Only people that are heavily invested in politics and have already made up their mind about the issues care about such things and people like me who have been in the business. So what people do care about are the things that politicians talk about in their campaigns. Now, like I explained in my TikTok, politicians with more of a populist bent at least try to implement the things they talk about in their campaigns, and they show that they're making an effort. They don't try too hard to be, and this is the better strategy in, in today's landscape. In the older days, it may have been better for you to be this very subtle, like, we're not going to do much. We're not going to change much of anything. We're going to do everything in the exact proper way, and we will wait to do everything in the exact proper way. Um, and you may not see any results um, in your own life from it. That may have worked in a prior day, but now with the way, with the pace of politics and with the pace of the internet, People are electing, and especially in a time of crisis, people are electing leaders. People are electing politicians because they want to see something change. They want to see a positive impact on their lives and the lives of others. This is something that gets disconnected after the campaign, it seems like, for, for the Democrats. Um, they're not going for it because they want the person who's going to be the most precise in terms of managing 30 different things. They expect competency. They expect competency in the area of political dealings and negotiations. But what they more expect is for things in their life to change or for it to look like you're doing things that are going to change their lives in your unique way. They want to see your signature style. They want to see your signature finishing move um, when you're in office. And that's what voters ultimately respond to and want. So this becomes very timely now with the whole Build Back Better plan and Joe Manchin derailing that, um, which there are some senators that are saying there's still some hope to possibly pass parts of it individually that maybe some Republicans will agree to um, or to rework the entire bill. But Joe Manchin's dispute apparently was over the cost of the package and um, the the Democratic, uh, more progressive side decided we're going to fix the cost by reducing the number of years that a program is in effect versus reducing the overall size of the program, So, um, which Joe Manchin didn't really like. He didn't like they were eliminating um, years instead of eliminating programs because if one of the programs was going to go 10 years, so a 10-year program would actually potentially be in a status where it will be more renewable um, it will be sort of guaranteed to pass. Um, but that kind of technical narrative is not what's going out there in the public. It's certainly not what anybody's thinking about. People are not thinking this is passing, not passing because of that. They're thinking this is not passing because you don't care about this, the things in there that are very popular, like universal preschool, which is like 70% um, 70 of the public wants that. Um, things like the the expansions of Medicare and Medicaid also also pretty popular. Um, you have um, you have in that in that in the same package you're also get, uh, doing paid family leave bipartisan extreme extremely popular on both sides of the aisle to have uh, to have pay, to have paid family leave. Um, and, and then it's just it's but it's still not, that's still not happening even though. It, there's bipartisan agreement on it. 
And this is what's going to cause a lot of discord politically is people are seeing, oh, this is not going to pass and it's not happening and we're heading into election year and the Democrats are, are not able to get it through and people are going to blame the Democrats for that. Whereas – and this is about showing the value of your particular style. The Democrats' style of solving people's problems is by providing social relief and by providing um, new ways of – evening out the problems from wealth gaps, inequalities, um, and providing a stronger social safety net. Um, the Build Back Better bill does that, not not to as good of an extent as any progressive would have ever wa- would have wanted, but it does it to some extent, and it has some direct payments. The child tax credit kind of is probably one of the least popular aspects of it because a lot of people who don't have children are not really happy that they're not getting it as compared to the stimulus checks that only pulls at like 45% popularity. Um, but still it's a way to show what they're doing when Republicans are in office. On the other hand, Trump was even like pushing through direct relief, um, um, from FEMA funds for unemployment during COVID. So in that populistic sense, he was doing a little bit of the social assistance stuff, but, um, the Republicans are more than happy to any single anytime they're in power to do every single last gosh darn thing that they want to do and show off to you. This is how we do things and this is how we're going to make change. That's in the form of tax cuts to the rich, um, policies that are against immigration, um, causing problems with foreign countries, uh, things like that. Um, ways of deregulating things and trying to um trying to make sure that the that the capitalists have have more power and are able to retain more power but the forcefulness of them doing that is a lot more as compared to the forcefulness of democrats doing their thing doing their social welfare approach um and social democracy approach and so people haven't, by the time they get to the polls in 2022, seen enough changes to be able to give a good assessment. And no action really is not a good thing. This is the thing politicians have to think about is you have to think about, are you showing it? it maybe this is not going to be perfect ex- execution. Maybe this bill is not going to be ideal. But if you cannot show that you're doing something, then the voters are going to have a problem with that. And this great disconnect is when is when voters vote for something and it doesn't happen and then they go back to the polling place and they are disconnected from the party that they voted for to do something for them. And they won't really care too much about, oh yes, we couldn't get it through because we couldn't get this past the filibuster. We couldn't get through voting rights because, because the filibuster would stop us. Um, they don't really care too much about that. They just they if if such an obstacle comes up, they want to see that you are doing everything in your power to fight back against that, even if you're coming from um if you're coming from behind. The Republicans do an extremely good job of putting themselves in an underdog position so that people expect less from them and then and then expect and then um, when they see more, it's a positive thing. But Democrats, on the other hand, are just like, 
we're established, we're in power, we're going to do the things that we believe according to our technical expertise of politics will work and we'll wait things out and play everything by the rules. Um, which that's something, that's an area of expertise you got to have. But you also, on the other hand, you have to show the public, look, we're trying as absolute hard as we can. So you get them to cheer for you still while while you're in a sort of defeated position. And that skill, even if it's not possible, you can still make it look like you're trying as hard as you possibly can and do so in the language of the people and do so sharing the frustration and sharing the bond of the frustration with the other people. That's how conservative talk radio has been so powerful. So I don't know if any Democrats are going to get any more populistic, but um, if they do want to really get to the voter and maintain their base and then also talk to those people who don't really know about politics, but they know what's happening in their everyday life. They have to show that, that struggle and their fight, that fight, even as they're defeated and show that they are actually wanting to push things through, but, and not in this really, really just subtle professional, um, same old, same old way. It has to look like you're putting effort into it to put it very, very simply. And you also want to be not afraid to try something that maybe the voters maybe isn't within the conventional political wisdom and maybe just a latent attitude. Like you have large numbers, like if you pull Republicans on individual social policies, and this is the thing, people, it seems like people will agree to individual policies more than they do big packages. Like the Build Back Better plan itself barely has like 5% more who want it as compared to who doesn't want it in polling. But the individual policies, you have stuff like the paid family leave, the universal preschool, they're in the high 70%. Um, but conservatives, even when polled on these things, many of them will say that they want these individual social policies. And you, and if you can show them, if by the, from when they go to the ballot box, they vote one time for you, they get you in power, and they start to see, oh yes, things are getting better things are changing for me, then that positive feedback loop may get them to start to change. Of course, there are entrenched attitudes, stuff like racism. You're not going to cure that in in an election cycle. You're not going to cure racism in an election cycle. You're not going to cure any form of prejudice in an election cycle. That's long-term cultural diplomacy approaches. That's why I talk about stuff like sports diplomacy, why a bunch of episodes of this podcast have focused on pro wrestling because that's a culture thing. That's not as much a politics thing. But when you show people material change with your way, that's very, very powerful electorally. Um, And even if it's something that maybe they didn't really think about at first, they see that their life's gotten better, they might just vote for you. So in short, you bridge the great disconnect between voters and politicians by getting out of the weeds of the technical of policy and showing strong, directed effort and ideally getting good results. And that's what I hope the Democrats can figure out, especially on the Build Back Better bill, perhaps on student loan relief as well. Um, But they've acted a little bit on that. So I guess I'll I'll give Joe Biden the point on that one. All right. So... Um, hopefully I'll 
talk to you again shortly after the new year. If I if I don't come back on the podcast before the new year, have a happy new year and I wish you and your family all the best. Um, thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Grayson Nation, G-R-E-Y-S-O-N-N-A-T-I-O-N. On TikTok, super updated all the time at FixerPunk, um, FixerPunk.com. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Um, and I will see you again on the next episode. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and I will see you next time.